Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, sports editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, sports editor for our Denton County Papers, as well as Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Thank you for checking out this edition of the podcast. So, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's answer a couple more questions. Let's, uh, let's, pull, let's pull two more entries from our ongoing summer question series and find just another way to attack the, uh, the upcoming 2018-19 athletics year. Uh, let's see the questions on the docket for today. Let's start with um, taking a look at some specific athletes that we think are primed to potentially break out a bit you know, in 2018-19. Athletes that are going to take the, uh, the so-called uh, lead so to speak, um, you know, athletes that whether it's you know, prime for you know a larger role for their respective team, mm-hmm. you know, just someone who might naturally just get better. You know, if they broke, if they were impressive as a so- as a freshman, maybe might see a bit more responsibility yeah. as a sophomore. Just natural age-related improvement, whatever. Um, wherever you want to go with this, um, Justin, uh, we were just talking. You've uh, got quite a bit of activity going on here <laughs> in the woods with this. Yeah, lots, list. Of, lots of players that fit into those um, descriptions there. So um, yeah, it was kind of a tough exercise trying to whittle down this list to certain few names so I guess kind of just maybe we want to just roll through kind of each market and sure absolutely all right well we can start with the uh, 56A newcomer Coppell joining the Louisville mm-hmm. programs and uh, the name I'm going to start with is in baseball and that's uh, pitcher Porter Hardcastle okay uh, that's an l- awesome it's name, a great name. <laughs> very good name Porter <laughs> all Hardcastle, name team but uh, <laughs> it was kind of a lot like last year where mm-hmm. we had uh a super talented player like Ryan Gunter, who was just kind of slotted behind two aces and really mm-hmm. didn't get to you know start a whole lot of games, especially in district and postseason competition. That's kind of the role Hardcastle was in this year, mm-hmm. behind Ryan Gunter and John Cashmere. So, with uh, Ryan Gunter now moving on to LSU, I look for Hardcastle to step into that you know one-two punch with the Coppell rotation mm-hmm. to have a big year for him there. And then also another one, Madison Jolin in, in volleyball. She was the newcomer of the year as a freshman. They lost. She's a middle blocker. Mm-hmm. They lost their starting middle blocker and a couple other frontline players. So, she's a name people are already familiar with. But I look for her to kind of be one of the bell cows for the cowgirls on the volleyball court this year. Okay. I guess so. I'll like I'll drop a name. We can just kind of rotate yeah, okay. and go by market. Cool. So, um, let's see. I um I had one for um I had three entries that I picked. One for Allen. One for Plano. One for McKinney. I'll do the McKinney one first. Um, in the in, in place of uh, Kendrick Johnson, and he um, he was showing some love to Cordrick Dunn, who is going to be the running back this season for the McKinney football team. We actually talked a little bit about Cordrick on mm-hmm. Monday's podcast. So just to um, kind of intimate kind of where the uh, I guess the the leap potential comes well comes from with uh, with Cordrick. Um, basically, McKinney's going to have a brand new offense next season. You know, they're under a new head coach, you know, new offensive scheme, mm-hmm. and they graduated every starter from last year's team that made the playoffs. So it's going to look brand new. <laughs> but one of the players that does at least have a little bit of experience to fall back on is Cordrick Dunn, who was the number two running back behind Matt Gaddick, who ended up leading the, uh, you know, the area in rushing, was an all-state selection. You know, he, um, you know, Dunn only received, you know, only had 81 carries last season, but was productive. He averaged a little over seven and a half yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And then he actually got to start a game um, during non-district when Gaddick was um, Gaddick was out for. And Dunn, if you just need kind of an inkling of what quarter Dunn might be capable of, he ran for 340 yards against Midlothian. So, obviously, you know, 
remains to be seen how he'll handle you know much larger workload he's going to be running behind a new offensive line but at least the potential is there for him to be a uh, you know a breakout candidate in 1819 me me yeah, you Taylor um, <laughs> I chose um, one from Plano one from Lake Dallas uh, and one kind of a traditional sense of a leap one guy that um, has the potential to kind of take a year where he didn't see much time, but kind of had a little bit of a breakout year and move into a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll start with my my one in Plano, where it's a very non-traditional sense of the word leap, because I'm going to go with uh, Plano West softball pitcher Tatum Boyd. Um, and you wouldn't think that a Stanford commit would be someone that that you'd be targeting as you know someone to make a leap in production or to you know have a better year. But you know this is somebody that. Her entire junior year was essentially taken from her, at least the parts that mattered. Um, And district, by the time she came back, she wasn't the same player just because she wasn't 100%. uh, It was too late for her to help her team in the playoffs. And I think from, you know, that season when, you know, she saw very limited action, uh, had the broken finger, going into next year, if she can stay healthy, she has the potential to be, as a senior, potential district MVP, all-state caliber Mm. player. So I think that, you know, when you think of somebody that's going to make a big leap, kind of like we talked about, you'll think, you know, freshman to sophomore or, you know, backup to starter, that kind of thing. But, I mean, I think the leap that Tatum Boyd could make from missing the majority of her junior season to potentially being the best player in, you know, the new District 96A, if she stays healthy and has the kind of year that she's capable of, um, I think that's a leap that's, you know, as big as, as anybody else. For so. sure. All right, we'll stick with volleyball here. Um Hebron's going for their fourth consecutive state title, so you know to keep turning out state championships, you got to have players make the leap, and other players kind of step in and supplement roles for players. So, looking at Hebron going for four in a row, um, I think you're going to see a breakout season. She's already made the all district team twice as a freshman and sophomore, but wow. I think Nicole Drunick is going to step up and be kind of Hebron's one of Hebron's go-to players this year. Um, she plays all the rotations on the court. She has the size. She's a big hitter, but she can also a very good passer, very good defensive. So she can do a little bit of everything there, and I think she's going to kind of make that step from you know second team, first team type player as a underclassman to a definite superlative candidate this year. And then another name to keep to look out for is a freshman. Um, fans of Hebron from the 2010 championship team remember Brittany Sample. She was there. All district, mm-hmm. uh, all state caliber setter. I think she went to West Virginia, maybe. But she has a sister, Harmony, that's coming in and uh, talking to uh, Coach Keeney there. A pretty good chance she's going to be on the varsity and will be a contributor right off the bat. So look out for Harmony Sample to kind of make her name known this year as a freshman for Hebron there. Okay. My um, my selection as a potential uh, breakout candidate for um, for Plano ISD is um, actually a member of Plano Seniors uh, boys basketball team, uh, Zachary Creighton. He's um, Zachary Creighton watching Plano play last year, he kind of reminds me of, um, of Hunter Meyer and his development through Plano's program. Um, as a junior, Hunter Meyer came off the bench, but you could just tell like, whenever he stepped on the court, it just made an instant impact. And it kind of kind of got that same vibe watching Creighton. You know, they both played the same position in the backcourt. Um, you know, it was whenever Creighton checked in, it just seems like one way or another on either end of the floor, he was able to, you know, just make some sort of impression. To make you, make you kind of wonder just, okay, what would he do if he had more minutes and a bit of a more, you know, expanded role? But Plano had a really, you know, solid backcourt last season so you're only so many minutes to go around well you know next season Plano graduates you know four of its five starters including that entire backcourt so there's going to be plenty of minutes to go 
throw around, and it's only you know, it only makes sense for him to slide into one of those spots there at guard. And um, you know, I mean, if it was anything like kind of what Meyer showed in making that transition from junior to senior, then um, you know, Plano should um, should anticipate at least a pretty uh, pretty big season from uh, from Zachary Creighton. I'm going to leave Plano uh, and go to Lake Dallas uh, and the Lake Dallas baseball team, uh, to be specific, uh, where Connor Perry will be a junior. Uh, he was a sophomore this season and began the year on JV, actually, and then came up about, um, I think, about halfway through the year. I know we played kind of the preseason tournaments uh, with JV to uh, to get a few more bats and, and that kind of thing, but came up in DH for Lake Dallas and, and had a pretty big impact through district and into the postseason. Uh, as a DH and ended up I think making second team uh, all district honors just kind of as a, a DH utility guy um, it's a big kid I think he has you know some room to get a little bit stronger and, and um, you know just just kind of adapt to the varsity level but I think the experience he got and the success he had as a plate this season uh, coming back as a junior has kind of set him up to you know now with an entire summer and fall in front of him knowing that he's going to play a role um, knowing what he has to do to get better uh, knowing that he needs to get in the weight room and all that sort of thing. I think he can come out next spring uh, for Lake Dallas and, and have a pretty good year hitting, I would assume, in the middle of the order. So that's kind of a more traditional, you know, a guy that played a little bit of a role and, and had a successful season, but I think um, could potentially be a sleeper to, to have a huge impact next year as the Falcons go over to uh, 85A. Okay. How about you, Justin? I keep having these natural transitions here, I guess. Yeah. So we talked about <laughs> some bloodlines at Hebron, and we'll stick with bloodlines at Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, not predicting Gatorade Player of the Year here, like, <laughs> like her uh, sister, uh, Lauren, the legendary Lauren Cox, okay. but um, I'm going to go with Whitney Cox okay. for her senior year at Flower Mound for the girls' basketball team. She, in my opinion, made a big jump from her sophomore year to her junior year, and with Anna Jackson, the district MVP, and Flower Mound's captain graduating, uh, the Lady Jaguars are going to need somebody to kind of step up and be their go-to player, and she keeps progressing. I see Whitney Cox having a big year. And also shout out to her sister, younger sister Kaylee, <laughs> who is the second team all district player as a freshman in volleyball. I think she's going to take a, another step on the volleyball mm-hmm. court as well. Where Flower Mound needs some uh, some more size production after losing players like Aaron Curl. What an awesome athletics family! Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I'll stick with that uh, kind of that same vein for a uh, for a girls basketball selection. Um, my pick for Allen is um, is post Zoe McCrary for the Lady Eagles basketball team. Um, I think that um, you know next season with what you know Allen is losing in its um, you know both from a scoring standpoint and just in its front court in general, most notably you know graduating players like Sydney Hardiman and. Claire Bentley, um, you know Zoe McCrary. Zoe McCrary, I should say, started um, for Allen last year and has a chance to really kind of undertake a a, a much larger role for this team. Um, she's got the um, a size advantage over the majority of um, of the rest of District Nine Six A, and um, you know she you know had a chance. I mean, she was only fifth in scoring. Allen was a really balanced team last year, so the scoring numbers won't just completely jump off the page for anybody on that mm-hmm. team. You know, she was second in rebounding, second in blocks. Um, with as active as Bentley was in those two areas, Claire Bentley was kind of like the Draymond Green. That district last year and just did everything, um, but it seems you know to make you know it would it stands to reason that Zoe McCrary is going to have you know a bit more a bit more responsibility, more minutes going to be called upon more down low, and then I think that um you know she in, in addition to seeing her um you know her usage on offense rise, that's another player that with the transfer of Nia Green from Bishop Lynch back to Allen, her passing I think can open up a lot of opportunities for McCrary to feed off of down low. So uh, yeah, look for uh, look for a big year out of Zoe McCrary. I think you actually. Have 
appreciate it. Another one, Justin. Were you guys out of teams? Yeah. I mean, I can talk. <laughs> I, I, I can talk about. I mean, I can quickly mention. I guess from from Plano West baseball, I'll stick yeah. in the realm of baseball. Go for it. Uh, Jacob Stevens was a freshman outfielder that saw a little bit of time uh, this year and is a pretty good athlete. Plays football as well, uh, and I think they expect him to, to you know come out for the football team and, and maybe make an impact there this year as well. But uh, just another guy that's really really young and and hasn't matured and developed into into his body yet. So I think that. You you know, next year, you know, he's fast and he contributed a little bit uh, this season and, and had some pretty good um, games and at-bats for West. So I could see him taking another step forward next year and, and holding down a spot in the outfield or at the very least uh, being pretty reliable coming off the bench in some of those midweek games and, and that sort of thing. So, Can you pick a breakout player that's already committed to play football at LSU. <laughs> I, I mean, Tatum Boys going to Stanford. Boys yeah. going to Stanford to play softball, yeah, so sure. Well, surprisingly make enough, the case. Uh, yeah, make the case. <laughs> Marcel Brooks over at Marcus didn't, surprisingly didn't make, wasn't an all-district selection last year. He's one of the top recruits how as a that, linebacker. Yeah, how is that possible? Maybe just missing games and stuff like that, yeah. but yeah, he wasn't on the team, so... Um, I would be shocked if he's not an all-district player. I just imagine to run a muck on the field and just yeah. cause chaos for. You're talking one of the best just, linebackers yeah. in the state. Potentially. So, I think definitely he's going to have a huge year for Marcus. And then also, girls basketball. Evie Goats was the new pl- newcomer of the year for the mm-hmm. Marcus's girls basketball team last year, and she was just a freshman. I think she's going to get even better. She can do a little bit of everything. Really good shooter, and I expect her to just kind of take on a bigger role there for Marcus's girls team as well. Uh-huh. How about for a low Louisville? Louisville, we have a couple uh, freshmen that were awesome in basketball. Kylan Green on the boys' side and Layla Lawrence on the girls' side. Um, we'll go with Kylan's pretty awesome. He's a, kind of a do-it-all point guard. But uh, Layla Lawrence just had a huge impact on Louisville's girls' team in the, uh, in the post last year. She was actually missed the playoff game against Allen. I tend to think if she was there, they might have won that game and kept going. But she had a great uh, freshman season, and I look for her to do big things next year for the Lady Farmers. Alrighty, that's a look at some uh, some players that we think are primed to make a uh, make a leap in 2018-19. Some potential breakout candidates for uh, for the upcoming school year. So in a moment, we will um, actually shift from uh, from talking about individual athletes, talking about athletic programs as a whole, and um, just kind of uh, some comparisons head to head on who we think is going to have the better athletics year in 18-19, and we will get to that after a word from this sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's pull another entry from our summer question series. This one um, kind of pertains to athletic programs as a whole, and basically posing the question, which program will have the better athletics year in 2018-19? And the way this is structured, we're, we've, got, we've got, what, eight, nine examples of this. Basically, um, you know, I took two, um, whether it was schools that are in the same city, same district, maybe they're rivals, maybe they both achieved similar athletic success last year, and just basically asking which program will have the better overall athletics year in 2018-19. 
school A or school B. So um, school B, school B. Let's see how many school Bs <laughs> we get. Let's start with um with um with you, Taylor. Actually, you had um one that was basically a three uh, a three school question. Yeah. Plano ISD, Plano Senior, Plano East, or Plano West. Which one will have the best athletics year? I think season? I think your guess is as good as mine with the PISD schools because I mean as soon as you think you have a nailed down, as soon as you think. You know, you line up all the sports and you say, you know, this school had X success and has Y coming back, so they're certainly going to be at the top. Somebody will do something crazy and haul off and win a district that you didn't expect them to and, and just kind of throw it all away. But um, tentatively, I think that Plano Senior is probably set up for another another good run. Uh, obviously, best year of girls' athletics, I think, in Plano Senior's history this season. Um, they're, losing, they're losing a lot. Uh, on the basketball court, but you know they've established a, a state championship tradition now, and, and are certainly bringing back uh, a couple pieces. And, and there's no reason to think that they won't be competitive yeah. um, on the softball field. Obviously, a very competitive team that that shouldn't lose much and, and should be uh, really salty again this year. And I think that uh, they'll be pretty good in football. Uh, I think that they'll be pretty good in baseball. They've made the playoffs pretty consistently in baseball. Maybe they'll finally uh, escape the, the number four seed. Um, for however many years they've been doing that. But I think that just kind of overall, when you look at everything, Plano Seniors kind of set themselves up as as the team that, that has the best chance at, at district titles a little bit across mm-hmm. the board. But like I said, you never know because, you know, Plano West won a volleyball championship last year in a, in a year where everybody kind of thought they were down and, and rebuilding. Um, they should come back good again because the whole reason that everybody thought they may not do well is because they were young. Yeah. So they're returning basically everything from their district championship team they're always really good in the individual the more individual sports golf tennis um those kind of things which kind of evens the balance um a little bit with Plano Senior Uh, and then Plano East I feel like Plano East is kind of in a position to um not be as competitive across the board as the other two right now I think there there's some down programs at Plano East the baseball team uh, is, is young and not very good right now. Uh, the softball team really missed an opportunity last season and I think may have a little bit of a down year in, um, this coming up year because I think they're losing uh, a couple more pieces than some of the other teams in the district are. Obviously, Plano um, just had a run to the state semifinals and West, I think, is primed for a little bit of a rebound year and theirs was a little bit more of an anomaly maybe than East was a missed chance. Um, but with that said, I mean, Plano East boys soccer is good right now. Um, the football all, team could be the best of yeah, the three. The football team, I think, should be the best of the three. Uh, if, if everything, even though they were 3-7 and seven last year, if everything kind of pans out the way that, that Coach McCullough thinks it will and, and the way that it's shaping up to be, especially on offense, they could easily be the best of the three uh, and be a playoff team in 9-6-A. Um, so it's, it's really tough. I mean, right now, I think just based on the year that Plano Senior just had uh, and what's coming back, I think I'll tentatively say Plano Senior, but, I mean, who knows? It's, it's PISD and those three schools always have the potential to jump up and, and do crazy things and, and you know reassert their dominance out of nowhere, kind of, it seems. So who knows? Let's look at another comparison between um, let's look two schools, two schools that are steeped in a in city a rivalry tradition, Flower Mound and Marcus. JT, which one will have the better athletics year? Oh, man. I'm going to pick Flower Mound, but <laughs> there's not much separating these two. Uh, fortunate enough to be able to, they both mm-hmm. do so well that they pop up in the Lone Star Cup standings, but, you know, only four points separated them last year, so yep. can't really take too much from that other than the fact that they're both good all-around programs. Um, I just think uh, Flower Mounds, the sports where I would give Flower Mound the edge, I think they're a little stronger than Marcus. You know, you look at cross-country and golf, like, 
those teams beat each other every time, every week. Like one of them's winning. So like, how can you project who's going to be better overall when it was tough to project from district to regionals to state? Mm-hmm. Because just, we're making you. You so have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have to pick each individual sport though. I just yeah. have to pick overall. Oh. <laughs> uh, Flower Mound's very good in boys basketball and girls basketball. I think they're a cut above Marcus pretty clearly in both of those sports. And I think where a lot of the sports are really close, I think you can give a, a legitimate edge to Flower Mound in basketball and girls basketball. And I think. The runs that those teams could have in the playoffs and possibly getting district championships is what I think would make the difference between Flower Mound and Marcus. Because, like I said, some of the other sports, you know, you can give the edge to Marcus probably in maybe in soccer and boys soccer and girls soccer, baseball. You know, they're they're both so awesome. Football, they're real real close. So I think it's going to be a really close race again, and I'll give a slight edge to Flower Mound on the strength of their basketball teams. Okay, I'll, I'll take the baton for another uh, city rivalry steeped uh, comparison: McKinney versus McKinney Boyd. Um, last year, um, I, I think that McKinney actually did a pretty good job to close the gap. Boyd has traditionally been the stronger overall athletics program, but McKinney really made a uh, an impressive push with the job that they did on um, making the playoffs in football, in boys basketball, and in girls basketball. Three sports were Boyd missed the postseason, but the thing is, looking ahead to 2018-19, um, those McK- those same playoff teams from McKinney, they were fairly reliant on some pretty impressive mm-hmm. senior classes, and that's a big, I mean, that's that's going to be tough to replace. Not saying it can't be done, but at least if you're just going to kind of project, it, it's, yeah. it's only fair to expect those programs like the football team, like the girls' basketball team, to take a bit of a step back without right. that same, that steeped, you know, that steeped, uh, you know, proven senior leadership. So, in that case, I think that Boyd stands to probably separate a bit more. You know, this season Boyd should remain pretty consistent across the board. Plus, one thing that I noticed um, in just uh, researching like previous all-district lists, mm-hmm. McKinney Boyd actually had four. They, they received the Newcomer of the Year superlative in four sports in District 66A. Uh, football with wow. Colin Drake, baseball Tyler Collins, softball Kinsey Cackley, and boys soccer Evan Connor. So the, uh, you know, just the uh, the youth is very much, yeah. uh, you know, kind of showing out quite a bit at McKinney Board, and I think that, um, yeah, there should be. Well, I think that McKinney closed the gap quite a bit last year. I think that Boyd stands to really kind of widen that back gap up. back up <laughs> to where it's, you know, kind of has been in recent years. Not really my my beats either, but just in kind of what I've followed gathering, it seems like Boyd's a little stronger than McKinney in a lot of the uh, non team sports like the yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah, golf had a really, had a had real a really good year in golf. Yeah, yeah in both, both boys and girls mm-hmm. golf, so. Plus, Boyd has a program that could very well end up with a state championship next year in boys soccer. That's mm-hmm. lots of high expectations there. So that's, but um, but yeah, obviously when those two get together, though, I mean, as you've seen, like with the football program, McKinney made the playoffs, but Boyd beat mm. them for like the you know like the ninth or tenth yeah. straight year. So, but um, yeah, never never a dull moment in McKinney ISD. Let's look at um. See Taylor, another one. Um, these, these two schools don't have a whole lot in common from a district uh, commonality standpoint, but they will share a, uh, a district this coming year. Lovejoy and McKinney North. Man, <laughs> I think this was the one that, that we kind of both sat back and just essentially said we have no idea how this is going to yeah, go. Because shoulder shrug. They're, they're very, very similar. It, basically across the board. I mean, you look at teams that made the playoffs. You know, Lovejoy softball is always strong. Kenny North is is catching up a little bit, but but I think um, had a pretty good pretty good season last year. The, the McKinney North baseball team was down, uh, which is uncharacteristic for them. Uh, so you you would think that they would have a better year next year. Um, Lovejoy right on the playoff bubble. 
uh, last season in baseball, uh, but made it and, and returned some key pieces, so maybe a slight edge there. But, I mean, just literally across the board, I was researching this and just going through every sport, and basically every team is comparable. So, I mean, I, I don't know who you have is, is coming out on top. Um, if you use football, maybe as the tiebreaker, which they're not in the same district for yeah. football. So it's, um, which makes it tough because yeah, a different that, competition. Yeah, it's, it's a very different um, type of thing and, and a very different uh, district than the two that they'll, I mean, the the one that they'll share uh, in the other sports. But I'd, I guess I'd have to give the edge to Love Lovejoy football um, for for how good I think they'll be this season. But like I said, I mean, it's it's essentially a toss up. That's kind of impossible to predict who will have a, a better year because um, very similar programs, very similar in a lot of different sports. Uh, so I think it'll just come down to honestly a fight between the two of them for for several. You know, either district championships, playoff spots, you name it. I think they'll, they'll both kind of be right there with each other. Let's look at a couple of Frisco schools. This was an entry from Brian Murphy's, I guess, um, answer to this question. Basically comparing Frisco Lone Star and Frisco Wakeland, probably the two pound-for-pound, pound, you know, most well-rounded of the Frisco ISD athletic programs. Um, that kind of, you know, bore itself out last year. Of the eight standings-based sports, either Lone Star or Wakeland accounted for five district championships across the board there. So, I mean, the consistency's there. Um, and if they've, you know, both schools kind of have their strong suits versus the other, you know, with, um, you know, football and girls basketball, Lone Star obviously has the decided edge. They are, you know, state powerhouses in both of those sports. But Wakeland is, you know, was the best in the state on the soccer pitch last mm-hmm. year, winning, you know, winning a state title in both boys and girls soccer. Um, where Brian kind of fell on this is basically giving the edge to Wakeland in the, uh, you know, in the spring sports, softball, baseball, plus, you know, the programs on the rise in boys basketball. And if that holds form in 2018-19, then at least relative to Wakeland versus Lone Star, he gives the Wolverines the uh, the edge. Um, Justin Hebron versus Capel is two uh, you know well-rounded programs as it gets in your yeah two, two programs I would not be surprised at all if they finish both of them in the top ten mm-hmm. of the Lone Star Cup standings next year. I I can see both these teams making the playoffs in mm-hmm. all eight sports in five six a. They're that good all around. Um, if I have to pick one, I'm going to give the edge to Capel. It's uh, man, these programs are so similar, and especially in similar sports. Like mm-hmm. they're not only are their football teams like similar, they're in similar situations where they have a lot of talent back, but lost you know kind of all-time program quarterbacks, both of them that they have to replace. So very similar there. Volleyball, you know, Hebron's won three state championships. Mm-hmm. Capel's probably going to be one of the favorites to win the state title next year as well. Like so. Um, but I'm going to give Capel the advantage on the. Um, I think their soccer teams are going to be a little pro, little better, and I think their baseball team is going to be a beast next year. Um, seem to say that every year, and every year they're really good. They haven't won the state championship yet, but they're going to be a contender for that again. They'll be a top five team in the state, preseason wise for sure mm-hmm. in baseball. Um, softball, Capel's very good. Hebron's very good. I think those are two contenders for district titles. They're. Hebron's got a stellar cross-country program, mm-hmm. but Coppell's really on the rise there. Golf, I mean, these teams, these two teams really match up kind of across the board. Even basketball, you know, Coppell made the second round, Hebron lost in the first round, but Hebron won its district title. So, yeah. so much, so close everywhere. I think they're both going to have awesome years, but I'm going to give the edge to Coppell just by a bit because of soccer and baseball. Let's look not at that Hebron's not good at those. Oh, things. yeah, no, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, yeah. That's I mean, even on a, it's like a, a higher example of Lovejoy and McKinney North. Like, it's just those those teams are both so yeah. good at everything that it's kind of impossible to, to really give the edge to one or the other definitively. 
That's the beauty of the hypothetical. <laughs> Lake Dallas versus Little Elm versus the Colony, the three schools that kind of encircle Lake Louisville. Um, they will share the, uh, you know, fortunately for the second straight realignment, they will share the same district, at least for the non-football sports, over in 8-5A. Um, they've been, you know, part of, uh, they were part of 14-5A these past two years. Um, with kind of trying to, you know, size up this comparison because both, you know, between the three schools, they, much like some of the, several of these others, they have that one or two sports that they are just completely yeah. dominant and relative to the others. You know, with right. little for little lone boys basketball, you have the colony softball, you have Lake Dallas, you know, boys soccer. Just that yeah. one sport that they really kind of took and made their own relative to, you know, the colony and little lone. And I went through and kind of ranked their order of finish in 14-5A last mm-hmm. year, and obviously not that that has any bearing on what's going to happen in 8-5A, but just to kind of get at least a bit of a, a, a you know, sample size to at least start from, and um, of the uh, of the order of finish, basically you had, you know, the Colony finished ahead of Little Lemon Lake Dallas in three of the eight standing sports. Lake Dallas, though, finished ahead of both in three other sports. Little Lemon finished ahead in two others. But the thing is, is that you had the Colony finish second yeah. in every other sport. The Colony right. was never the never last mm-hmm. of the yeah. uh, of those, uh, you know, between between those three schools, and I think that's where yeah. you know you see the Colony made the playoffs in all eight sports last yeah. year, and that's where that consistency mm-hmm. really kind of you know bears itself out versus Lake Dallas and Little which made the playoffs. You know, five sports apiece, no guarantee that that's going to be able to stick. You know, that, that form's going to be able to hold in a district like eight five A, which should be a bit more balanced across right. the board yeah. than fourteen five A was. So I do think though that with the uh, and it does feel like you know the Colony does you know check off a few more boxes when you mm-hmm. get to the uh, the solo sports, yeah. the track program, cross country swimming. I feel like they might have a couple sports that have at least the potential to make deeper playoff runs than the, than the programs yeah, at yeah. Little Elm and Lake Dallas as well. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously Little Elm's boys basketball team with RJ there, but, uh, but I don't know. There's three or four teams that I could see making you know deep deep playoff runs. Mm-hmm. You know, regional mm-hmm. quarterfinals, regional finals, maybe even state at the Colony. See, I think uh, yeah, kind of I'm kind of in line with you. I just re- just yeah. reward the the Colony for just their overall consistency across the board. And then the uh, the last one I actually had down here, and these are two schools that have nothing in common. <laughs> Allen and Prosper. They're going to be in the same district, but these two schools have. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find the last time in any sport that they uh, that they've crossed the same you know field or court or whatnot. I think they played uh, the volleyball teams played each other at a tournament you know a handful right. of years ago. But it's a very 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 limited track record of Allen versus Prosper. But nevertheless, you have. Allen, on the one hand, one of the most well-rounded programs in 6A versus Prosper, which was the overall winner of the Lone Star Cup um, in 5A, made the play. They won the district title in 14-5A. They made just a slew of you know three, four, five-round deep playoff runs. Um, you know they're going to be in the same district this year. So how does the uh, you know the heavyweight in one now, class when you say stack win up? the district title in 14-5A? You mean just pick a sport? They won the district title. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was it was Prosper. I mean, it was kind of like yeah. Allen in 6-6A in football. It was. Okay, Prosper, you just pencil them into one, and then everybody else just kind of falling behind. However, you're going to do it, but yeah, Prosper was clearly ready to <laughs> to yeah. move up. So, yeah, how does one, how does the heavyweight in one class stack up versus the heavyweight in another class? I don't think Prosper is going to be Prosper is going to be as overwhelmed by the transition. At least in some sports, you know, the sports that are a bit more reliant on depth, it might catch up with right. them a little bit more. But I do think there's plenty to suggest that like the volleyball team should be able to, you know, the baseball team. I off, think would be very yeah, build off of its state championship last year. There are going to be programs where Prosper is a playoff regular. Obviously, to expect them to make the playoffs in all eight standing sports, that's going to be a bit of a, a tough call. But same same applies for Allen. 
Allen made the playoffs in all um, you know all of the eight standing sports last year in 6A, but they did have a couple that went right down to that last night, like in boys soccer and in softball. Mm -hmm. Those two sports are going to be, I think, even more competitive for this coming year. So it's going to be tough for either program to replicate its success from last year, but. You know, you just kind of got to go with the proven commodity here. You yeah. know, while I don't think that Prosper is going to be overwhelmed by the move to six to a to nine six a and class six a in general, I know that Allen isn't yeah, going to be overwhelmed. Right. Allen has you know shown time and time again that they are a cut above you know most athletic programs in the in the state. So I give the nod to Allen. It's tough to find a doppelganger for Allen in this exercise. Yeah. So, but yeah, for the sake of comparing them and Prosper, it's an interesting comparison. That, yeah. And I think I think you're right that Prosper will will adapt more quickly than we've seen other teams making the jump. Yeah. Uh, I think that, like you said, I think Prosper soccer will be essentially fine. I think Prosper baseball and softball will be essentially fine, but there's just so many kids at Allen. <laughs> there's yeah. just so much depth and so much uh, history and, and so many competitive teams that it's tough to... I mean, we could be having a different conversation you know, next spring, yeah. but this year I, I think you can't possibly go with Prosper just when you know what Allen has. And Allen is strong in so many of those individual sports as well. Mm -hmm. The tennis program went to the regional finals last year. Swimming program swept the district titles. Boys track team has won three straight district titles. They perennially get kids to the state meets and all those. So yeah, just got to side with Allen for this one. No shame, Prosper. Yeah, um, right. Let's see. So that's, uh, yeah, and that'll just about do it. That's a look at a couple more questions from our ongoing summer question series. You can actually check out these installments in their entirety at starlocalmedia.com. Um, other Otherwise, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Justin Taylor, appreciate y'all for tagging along. We'll be back on Monday to um, to start actually breaking in a new uh, new project that we do um, every every summer here. Uh, we're going to talk some varsities. What does that word mean? That's not even a word. We'll explain to you what it means and what we've got planned for the rest of the month on um, for Monday's edition of the podcast. Y'all check that out when the time comes. Otherwise, this has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.